This is Fear and Trembling, a podcast of Hardaway Ministries, where pastors and guests share community together as we talk about how the gospel impacts everyday life. We gather around the microphone following the Apostle Paul's wisdom to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Well, Bill, darling, good yeah. to see you guys yeah. and be around the table together yeah. as we chat about lead. And Paul David Tripp uh, this week is, he's the guy. He's who we're talking yeah. about, lead. Yeah. And, and I do got to look, because, you know, of course, every book has that undertitle, you know, or sure. whatever you want to call the thing. But 12 yeah. Gospel <laughs> Principles for Leadership in the Church. Yeah. Um, why in the world... Are we talking about this book and this book first in our you know series of conversations on different but but why why a book on leadership why a book on leadership in the church and what the heck does this have to do with anybody at home who isn't a leader in the church so there you go mm-hmm. lots of questions oh, but man, man. <laughs> why why this book my wife asks me that all the time okay yeah. she walks in the room sees a new book and says why this book. And she actually said that about this. Uh, my grandson actually said, why are you reading a book about lead? <laughs> so, you know, here Can't we go. Can't put that in the paint. Um, the book was recommended to me by, um, by Bill, was recommended to us by Bill. And um, one of the things that first struck me about the book um, when I opened it up, because I've read lots of leadership books sure. and lots of management books. I'm a big Jeff DeGraff, um, the Dean of Innovation fan. I read all his stuff. And the thing that struck me about this book when I opened it was there's nothing about management or organization in it. It's a very different take on leadership. It's, it's an incredible, yeah, yeah, it's an incredibly yeah. different take. And, and it was actually refreshing, refreshing enough that um, I couldn't put it down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I know Paul David Tripp across the years through his books and, and materials in ministry stuff as a, a counselor, as a trainer of counselors. Uh, I've used his material with marriage and with parenting. And so when we saw this thing about leading, I thought, ah, he's going to have a very different take. This is not your typical how to get people to do what you want or how to get your organization to produce. It's about what is gospel-centered leadership about. Very, very different take. All right, so you both said something really good that I, at least I connect with is it's not about organizational systems management because I think, too, you know, I've read so many yeah. books where it's like, sure. okay, if you just out there. order yeah. your consistory like this, if you just order your life even like this, um, but gospel as well. Um, yeah. it, let, can we take that a, another step further because... I don't know about you, but yeah, I read these books anyways. I naturally gravitate to them, and you know, I guess as a pastor, it's oh, okay, the gospel and leadership. I'm still thinking that one step. Like I think about Kendra. Would Kendra ever pick up? Why would Kendra want to oh. hear? So, like, I guess help me out a little bit more. Um, not organizational systems and management in gospel. Yeah, yeah. I think um, as I read the book, and I don't want to. Uh, dump on anybody about anything, but as I'm reading the book, I'm thinking, wow, would people want leaders like this? Okay. That yep. are so much focused on character development, so aware of our brokenness and need for Christ and our growth. Um, often people are looking for the leaders that make for them what they want. It's so consumer-oriented. But would a 
group of people, so I'm hopeful that Mary Lynn and that people in celebration, for instance, will read this and say, wow, this would be a different kind of leader and a different kind of church. Because he talks about leadership communities, not just leaders. Okay. It's not just the yeah. solo guy. It's the group. Yeah, so a couple of terms that came to mind as I read this book, um, because it is about both, not only the leader but the leadership community, the first yeah. thing I came um, away from it saying, this is inviting us into authentic community. Yeah. Not, okay. not yeah. a community where um, I'm the leader and I have to play this leadership role where everything is well in my life so that <laughs> I can fix everyone else's life. Right. But it's coming into a, a community of leaders where I can be transparent that, you know, these kind of situations create anxiety in me. And I need you as a leadership community to know that to help me manage, not only manage that anxiety, but to confront the reality of God's grace in my life yeah. so that it will transform me so that those kind of situations later on don't create anxiety, that I'm actually transformed beyond that. That, that I come out of a stronger child of God yeah. because of the time I spent in the leadership community. Well, that's, that's the piece, right? I, is it fair to say that it's, while it's talking about leadership, this is something for all of us. Right. It's not just a particular person of position or power or placement, but it goes, all of us have responsibilities in our lives. I think as we were even thinking and talking about this book yeah. before today was all of us have responsibility, mm-hmm. right. but it's how, how the gospel of Christ really transforms, impacts us, and then to Darwin, what you're talking about as well, that we're this community together yeah. in it. Right. So I think, I think where he's after, and, and, and everyone would benefit from the book, sure. but I think his aim is really for those who are in leadership positions. And I don't actually think he cites this verse in the, in the book, and I'm surprised he doesn't, but Oh, well. Um, that can be on the pushback. He didn't, you know? he didn't, he didn't consult me. Um, but, but Paul writes, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Right. Yeah. And, and I think what's really driving him is that if the leadership of the church, the pastors, the council, um, if they're demonstrating this kind of authenticity, these kind of relationships um, where spiritual formation is incredibly important, and that's going to flow not only out of their ministries, but it's going to flow into the life of the broader community as well. Yeah. 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 There's, I love how you mentioned Paul because Paul David Tripps refers to the Apostle Paul on page 60. I underlined this. It really gripped me. Paul, the Apostle, is not a painting we look at and wish we could be like. Rather, Paul is a window to the awesome rescuing grace of the Redeemer. In the Apostle Paul, we don't see how to behave as much as we see who to trust. He's a window, not a, not a marker of our own ability to perform or produce. Yeah, so following Jesus and being this community, I, that brought me to a part as well where Paul David Tripp says it means living as if I really do believe that isolated, individualized, independent Christianity never produces good fruit. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. We need each other. We right. need Jesus and we need each other. And right. I think, Bill, you said that earlier, too, of going, this is this missing component that, I mean, you just never hear in creating a culture and a community of leaders uh, right. together. Yeah. Of It's about the heart. It's about a, the char- not only a character of a person, but the character of people together, right. community together. So... Yeah. 
let's dive in a little bit more than into sure. 12 principles. We're not going to list 12 principles off. I mean, and I, I personally, I think, on, you know, you it's like that on Amazon. Right. Yeah. Amazon. Or it's the editor's mark of, yeah, there, maybe you could have had six, but you know what? Yeah. Let's make 12 out of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. if, if you could put, pick a moment or two where it's like, man, you have to, this, I read this and I was like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like you, you have to read this moment, you know, what what was it that you go? This is indispensable. This is, amen, man. This is I'm on board with this. What what was a moment for you guys uh, as you read through? Well, I have a, an, again another one underlined. There's just a lot underlined in my yeah. in my book, but he defines the church, and this is why I thought, boy, we're talking okay. leadership community. We're talking about a whole community that's being led by these leaders, and he says, what is the church? It's a chosen gathering of unfinished people, mm. still grappling with the selfishness of sin and the seduction of temptation, living in a fallen world where there is deception and dysfunction all around. Boy, that just blows up this whole consumer <laughs> idea that the church is where I go to get what I need or what my family needs or these services or these things to happen. Yeah. We're together in this broken world, trusting a Redeemer. Man, can you read that? Like, seriously, oh. can you just read that one more time? Because, oh. I mean, that um, on our next podcast, there's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, but, it's, yeah, there's just so much there. Just, yeah. I, I, is, this your, is this my vision of the church? I, I've got to laugh. This is my experience of the church. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, That's the... Oh, oops. Uh, let me... He says, what is the church? It's a chosen gathering of unfinished people still okay. grappling with the selfishness of sin and the seduction of temptation, living in a fallen world where there's deception and dysfunction all around. Yeah. Now, the good news is there's a Redeemer who's rescuing us in the midst of that and working through our brokenness. Well, and, and on that, like one thing that really grabbed me was recognizing that that's every leader as well, right? So <laughs> oh, wait we're all in pro we're we're you in bet. the process of yeah, you big bet. old theological word is sanctification, right? We're yep. all in the process of maturing. That was one of the ways he said it. And I think it's being mindful of that as any leader, any pastor, every staff member, any council member, any person who is stepping into that role is like anyone else in the church. This is yep. why this book can matter to anybody yeah because we're all in that place of maturing and that was one of those yeah i'm gonna put multiple asterisks by it and yes <laughs> i have my pink no oh, yeah to... <laughs> you, you can see mine from across the room right exactly. yeah so i, I was struck I, I like his humor yeah um, he, he starts yeah. out by saying this isn't a book um about a depressing critique though i love his observation um twitter is for that the place that is revealed to us all that judgment is much more natural to us than grace. And, um, and so, yeah, I started out, okay, I like, I like this guy. Yeah. Um, he jumps in and talks about achievement. Mm-hmm. And, and I think especially, you know, I feel that in my role as an executive pastor, okay. that achievement gets measured in very, um, very data-driven ways. Sure. I'm a data-driven guy yeah. anyway. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, because I think, I think data is, I don't think data in the church is really an effective means to evaluate things. But yeah. I do think it's an incredible um, tool for asking good questions. Sure. Yeah. Um, but when we actually want to, to evaluate things and achievement, we have to talk about how people are being spiritually formed. Yeah. 
Right. And, and how are they seeking um, peace and reconciliation and redemption um, in their relationships with other people? Yeah. Um, how are they learning to, um, to be, um, how are they learning to talk about their first love, which should be Jesus, right. to others? And so I, when you talk about achievement, there's just, it's really rich there as far as what are the kind of questions we're asking to measure things. Why do you think the data, to jump on that, why do you think the data gets driven then in the church, though, so much as the determining factor instead of helpful information, instead of... Well, I think, I think for most of us in our church structures and organizations, we've, we've often looked most to um, the latest management guru um, or um, on stuff on data-driven outcomes, um, making sure that everything's measurable um, to, to judge whether something is effective or not, rather than asking, um, you know, how are people's lives um, being shaped and how are people being formed as a result of participation in the community. Though yeah. so I do think it's important to note, <clears throat> and, and I think he does this really well in here, that grace isn't something simple. It's not something light. It's not something <laughs> soft. Right. Um, grace is is transformative. Yeah. It, and I think that we've we've come so far in our journey as a as so far in our journey that we tend to think that spiritual formation is more affirming what I want to do right. rather okay. than it being this this transformative thing. Right. And transformation, I'm sorry, gosh, it's painful sometimes. It can yeah. hurt. It hurts. But, but it's cutting some things away. It's building some other things, all in pursuit of the Christ that his life might be lived in me. Sure. Um, the, the achievement thing is, is really solid, Darwin, and we need to think about that. We're often looking for markers of achievement, and, and I feel like sometimes so that we can feel successful. Uh, we can get the affirmation of success. And how do you measure not so much is attendance up, but imagine if attendance stayed steady, but twice as many people were praying in your church. I mean, how do you even yeah. measure that? And yet that should be a, a real marker. I would hope that after two years of being in celebration, folks would say, my prayer life is deeper. Yeah, that ought to well, come to pass. Yeah, my knowledge is my not knowledge, but when we know knowledge, right, is really a hard thing. Yeah, my experience of my Christ is deeper. The Christ in the gospel yeah. is changing the way that I look at people. It's changing the way of how I show up yeah. in life. It's changing for us how we think and lead. I, I want to go back to as well with the achievement piece. There was a couple things he said that um, achievement becomes dangerous when it causes leaders to view disciples as consumers. Oh, right? yeah. Right? That, that was That model. And then he goes on to say, achievement becomes dangerous when it tempts us to see people as obstacles. Right. Consumers, Ooh. obstacles, right? It's pushing more and more of that sort of data-driven where our... And in... I'll even go back to a later chapter where he talked about identity because that's been a yeah. heart thing for me. I mean, sure. I did some writing for Table Network and was on a podcast for that too of sure. like where what we put our identity in and whether we buy into someone else's picture of it or our own is where we're going to put our energy, right? Yeah. And where, again, where his chapters oftentimes sort of interplay with one another, you know, the 12, it could have been six, but where that achievement so so often comes out of that place of where where do we where do we look for our identity right yeah, our so, value 
And where do we yeah. ask others to put their identity and value? And it's like, right. well, when I do that, it also forces me to look at people as, okay, what are you consuming? What are yeah. you, are, you're my obstacle because you're standing in the way of my agenda we could and be my bigger. achievement. <laughs> so so two, two lessons um, really quick. One is that that identity question is really important. And on top of that, um, if our identity is actually rooted in Christ and we're being governed by grace, um, it shapes our conversations with each other. Good. We don't have to be fearful of the fun conversations, but we also don't have to be fearful of the hard conversations because, right. because we know that we're secure in Christ. And, and that shapes how we do ministry. Sure. Um, it also has an in, another interesting impact, and I'll have to go back to a former life as a fireman at this point. <laughs> um, and, and, that, and, and, and that when I worked in the fire service and, and achieved um, the rank of captain, so you'd fire people okay, and so then you'd, lieutenant captain. You'd work your way up. Um, I had a, a couple guys in my, in my squad who had many more years of experience than me um, who had no real desire to move to the ranks. They just liked being fire people. And, and I can remember very, very clearly in my mind one time rolling up on a fire scene. I was getting, I was the incident commander, which means that I'm managing the call, the whole thing. Okay, yeah. and we're looking at a structure fire, and one of the one of these people, um, one of these guys comes up to me and says, "Hey, wait, hold on one minute. You need to look at this." He'd been at it a lot longer than I. He sure. saw something I would have missed. When our identity is rooted in Christ and there is grace, we don't always have to be right. We don't always have to be in charge. I can say, hey, Aaron, you're better at this than I am. It's yours, buddy. Sure. (laughs) And I can rejoice in that. Um, And I don't have to see passing something off to Aaron or to Bill or to Zach or whoever as a threat to my role in the community. Right. So, So this grace is really transformative. But the grace is only transformative when we find our identity in Christ. Yeah. We're, we're then free to see our shortcomings, see other strengths without threat. Yeah. Well, and Celebrate that's a, what's bigger among us than any one of us individually. That's a huge part of his point, right? It, is it, he wants it, us to have a community where yeah. we can actually be ourself. Yeah. Um, and not ourself that's made up, you know, I've been watching Once Upon a Time with Bella and, uh-huh. and you know, of this fairy tale um, picture and in the beauty of that show right is is that they show you that maybe the story isn't all that it was you know right. cracked up to be and, and that's my story I'm not this pretty picture I have yeah. warts and cracks I'm in process I have I, I have as many challenges and voices in my head as the next person um, saying I'm not enough and if I'm looking to be a leader that shows you I'm enough man that's a marriage for a mess yeah or, or oh, is yeah. it about my vision as a leader or our vision yeah God's vision that us as a community we as a community are understanding and experiencing and entering entering into I'm better together than I would ever be myself yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that part. Yeah. That's that candor part that he talks yeah. about, right? Is, is that ability to go? We can we can really be honest. We can be authentic. We can we can be we can be open with one another to to not only receive that you see what I don't see in my yeah. life, and and actually I need you to see that in me yeah. and help me to have those honest conversations. Uh, so so the, the interesting thing here is is this is not the kind of leader. 
at least in my experience, that seminary equips you to be. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This is not the kind really? of leader that, that, that ministry trains you to be. This is not the kind of me, uh, leader that governing boards and over you sure. want you to be. Yep. I That's mean, exactly where I was going to go, man. <laughs> like, yeah, it's there is this whole other picture that we are we're challenged to be we're told to be as as pastors yeah, yeah. and our other leaders our churches are told to expect to be yeah oh yeah so, i mean i started in ministry in a large church as an already assistant pastor for middle school and college and career now i could go into a long litany of why i think middle school and college careers are age groups are really similar <laughs> Um, but but the, the funny thing, the thing about college the freshman in middle school is, uh, yeah, yeah. is is that it was a, I, I called it a CEO model church. Yeah, I mean every yeah. week my statistics got analyzed, and to be honest with you, as long as I was pleasant, and as long as my numbers were going, going up, up, everything was cool. Yeah, right. And the second my numbers plateaued, or the second they went down. <laughs> there was something wrong with me. Right, right. And, and right. What, what he's doing here, he's saying it's, it's not about you as a person because your identity is rooted in Christ and you're met in God's grace. It's about how, who you're becoming in Christ and how that impacts how you care for those around you. Yeah. At a previous church on my LinkedIn account, my job title was Chief Repenter. Because I wanted to make sure folks had this sense that what we were about was being honest about our brokenness. We could do that because we had a great message about a God who could save. So even the leader was willing to be transparent. Chief repenter. So here's one of the rubs then, right? If this is what everybody expects... And, and everybody is a generalization, you know, but sure. this is what everybody expects. What happens when we actually start to do this? Because uh, that's where I might push, push on him a little bit. Um, this is probably where my rub is. And I'm interested here, yeah. too, where, where some of that rub comes from for you guys. But uh, I think maybe it's because he is a counselor as well as a pastor. So the stories he shares, while I can relate, sometimes sort of sets a, I would say, like a pie-in-the-sky vision of, ah! you know, to me, I read this and I go, man, this is, I might be a few jobs through. Um, I might get fired a couple times trying yeah. to instill I can this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking to the wrong guy. Yeah, but, so, but so Aaron, what's that, that contract? But, you know, there's that rub of going, if everybody expects this, and we start going this way, and there's, we're, yeah. we're, we're promoting a different way of being and living and, and living into that, and what happens when? Well, well, back to an earlier statement of mine, and this is why I would want everybody at Harnawike to, to read and ponder this. Okay. Is this a leadership that you would want? Because, uh, no secret here, guys, folks can go across town or down the street to another place for a different style of leadership. Yeah. I mean, these are realities that those are everywhere. Yeah. I mean, that that kind of leadership and culture is is everywhere. Yeah. If I want the CEO who gives me as a consumer what I want, there are churches that will provide that. Yeah. Yeah. I really see what what he's writing about here um, and what he's calling us to and inviting us into as something that in itself is transformational. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not something that you, it's not a leadership style that, that 
you adopt, like situational leadership. <laughs> okay. You know, you're just not going to say, oh, okay, I'm now going to be this kind of leader. Right. Um, this is about um, those who are in leader in the leadership community wrestling with who Jesus is and how that shapes their interactions and support and encouragement for each other. It's, it's, it's about learning to work differently. It's about sure. being authentic. It's about being honest. It's about caring for one another deeply. Um, so I don't, I don't see it as a, it's not a leadership model. It's no. not a leadership strategy. It's not an organizational strategy. Um, he's just inviting us into a different way of being. Exactly. Um, to yep. use the it's, fancy okay. um, philosophical word, it's almost an ontology. Okay. No, yep. you're right. Um, and so I think for, for many people, um, it, it'd be really easy to read this book and say really nice ideas. Yeah, I'm authentic. I'm genuine. I've experienced the grace of God. I'm secure. I am. And I'm going to continue doing what I do. Sure. Yep. Um, but I think if you reflect on it and, and take it seriously, um, and as, as our council reads it together, I think it's that's actually going to be begin exciting. to shape our relationships and council differently. Yes. Even though I feel like, I mean, I, I really do believe we have a, a leadership in this church that is very grace-centered. Yep. Yep. Um, we have difficult conversations. Um, we strive to hold each other accountable. Um, we strive to, in light of those conversations, see how the grace of God is transforming us. Um, I mean, I think... I would honestly say we're in a pretty good place, and I think we're in a great place to read this book together. Yeah, I do too. And again, part of what excites me about being at Heart Awake is that I think this is fertile ground for these sorts of seeds. What, what's the cost? Um, what's the cost to get there, do you think? I mean, as you think about, you know, I mean, because it in that different mindset, in that different way, you know, it's... Because um, the cost is more than our our council reading and even every person. Yeah. But if you thought yeah. rubber meets the road, what's really the cost to you know of getting to a community, not just a leadership, but a community like this? What what would be some of the first you know off the top of your head things that that come to mind? The thing that scares me the most about it, okay, yeah, <laughs> is is that if you, if you think you grasp it. Is to almost become arrogant to say we've got it. Exactly. You don't. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a real danger here. Yeah. There's, there's this book requires a, a a level of humility that to me is almost unmanageable. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I can't like uh, I can't say the word. Um, but the but but I think the cost too is I think among the leadership team, there may be people who say this is not what I want to be a part of. Yeah. Okay. And I think people in our own communities that we're trying to serve. Um, may say this is not necessarily something we want to be a part of, that we're much more comfortable in a, a different um, kind of organizational management structure where things are measured in a certain way and, and yeah. it's very clear what success is and what sure. not, success is not. So some willing losses yeah. in that of, of people that we love and care about that go, you know what, I just... I have a different perspective and idea of how, how things work and how the yeah. church should be and what we expect from our leaders. I mean, the fear for me is like, I, yeah. and I, this would not happen with our council, is the council reads and goes, well, we don't want that kind of leader. Get out of here. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> yeah. So all three of us are gone. See you. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and Zach, producer Zach, thank you for all of it. Yeah. Uh, Bill, yeah. what about you? I mean, well, I, I, 
in the pursuit of grace and growing in that, you always make mistakes, and those mistakes become the place that you yeah. begin to learn and experience. I feel like I had a transition uh, in my own life, a paradigm shift into more of this sort of thing, and it took my life blowing up. It was it was hard, yeah. and but it's always worth it on the other side. You begin to realize, oh my. I'm so thankful that somebody helped me process this pain or this mistake or face this sort of thing. It can be tough, but it, it's what matters. Yeah. It's the stuff that matters. And is, is crossing the finish line, is, is that a worthy goal? Yeah, but boy, crossing the finish line in a marathon, that's tough. Yeah. It, it's worth it, but there is a price to pay. Well, and that's, that's yeah. the piece, I think, for myself, the, that cost of just... The willingness in myself yeah. to be vulnerable, to yeah. to be real, to be honest, um, and move there. So, well, guys, thanks. I mean, again, what our our we love chatting, right? We have the privilege of <laughs> and the well, joy and of into talking throughout the week, and it's fun to dig into things together, and and then to be able to invite others uh, to dig in along yeah. with us. Uh, again, I just want to. Uh, let folks know, get, uh, the author is Paul David Tripp. Uh, book is Lead, 12 Gospel Principles uh, for Leadership in the Church. Yeah. Lead, 12 Gospel Principles for Leadership in the Church. Paul David Tripp, he writes a lot. He's one of those guys who oh, yeah. like, pumps out a book every month. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, has a real heart for the gospel for for everybody to know and live by the gospel. So I want to so. actually model um, his call to <laughs> authenticity. Um, I don't actually think I would have appreciated this book when I started ministry. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I wanted to have a job. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. in all honesty, I mean, I think it's, it's um, the years of ministry, um, the ups and downs of ministry, that, um, and those experiences that kind of opened my heart sure. to some of the ideas that, that he has. Sure. Yeah, I talked about a paradigm shift for me. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Hope hope it'll give something for anybody who picks it up. Yeah. I think I think there is truly something oh, yeah. there because yeah. it's about the gospel, right? Um, and we all have responsibilities. So, I, I think next time we we get together, we're going to be looking at John Mark Comer's uh, book, the Re- the ruthless elimination of hurry. Oh, I can hardly wait oh, to get I that. <laughs> yeah, I, hurry up, I hurried up and read it last night. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. So, uh, yeah, Pulling thanks. To get that one. Thanks, guys, for uh, the conversation. And yeah. um, for those who've listened in, thank you. And yeah, thank you for staying to the end if you did. With that, I'm Aaron Vanderveen, a interim pastor at Watershed here at Heart of Wyke. And I'm Bill Lindner, the uh, teaching or campus pastor at Celebration and still the chief repenter. <laughs> and I'm Darwin Glassford. I'm the executive pastor here at Hardwick Ministries, and I try to, to herd all the cats. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Thanks. Right. Till, Thank you all. Till next time. <laughs>